1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. If I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not conceited, does not act improperly, is not selfish, is not provoked, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You bet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, just praise be to your name, Father. Um, just thank you for the blessings you give us each and every day. And um, Lord, this, thank you for giving us safe travel here through the weather. And um, pray for continued safe travel for everyone out there, God. And um, Lord, I uh, pray that you'll be with Matt this morning. Lord, I pray that... Um, you would um, just speak through him, God. I thank you for the ways you've influenced his life and the ways that you've worked through him, God. And I just pray that you would use him this morning to bring your truth, God. And um, Lord, just uh, just thank you for uh, the blessing of bringing him here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, buddy. Good morning. Um, as you've undoubtedly figured out, I am definitely not Neil Davidson. My name is Matthew Carey. I'm a... Uh, I'm a student at Worcester Polytech, and I've had the privilege of uh, being able to come to Hope Chapel for the past four years now. And this morning, I have the privilege of talking to you, and I want to talk to you about something that uh, is really uh, near and dear to my heart, and that is what it, what it actually means to be a Christian. And I don't want to stand up here and talk to you about it like I've got it figured out. I don't. This is like I'm, I'm still learning just as you are. But these are some of the things that I felt that God's taught me over the past couple of years, and I want to share them with you in hopes that uh, maybe God will stir something in your heart. So uh, I'm going to get back to that picture, by the way, water rafting. That's a really fun. We'll get back to that. So first off, a little bit about myself. I grew up in a little town uh, outside of Manchester, New Hampshire, called Hookset. I have two younger, amazing brothers. One of them is here. It's a lot more fun than the first service because I can make fun of them, my mother and my brother, now that they're actually here, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, awesome father and my mother who uh, is also sitting right there. I enjoy uh, doing random crazy things like bungee jumping. That's always a lot of fun. And I also enjoy just, say, spending time with friends, watching a sunset, just really enjoying the beauty of God's creation. So it's just kind of like a mix of things. Where I want to pick up my story is where I somehow, by God's grace alone, I got accepted along with these smart people sitting over here to Worcester Polytech Institute. And throughout my life up to that point, what it meant to be a Christian, I could always look up to my parents and my brothers. You know, my father uh, is a pastor, and whenever I had a question about something or how to treat it, if I was smart, I would go to him, and he would almost always have just the right words that I needed to hear, even if they weren't the answer I was looking for. And the same thing with my mother. See, I get to embarrass her now. This is kind of fun. But then I came to college, and it's different. And I was sitting down among the 800 other freshmen that were there, and I was like, so I'm a Christian, and I know that my life is supposed to be different because of that, but I'm not really sure. As someone in my church likes to put it, Romans 10, 9, and 10, you know, accept Christ as your Lord, believe God raised him from the dead, bang, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. And you get the book of John, a pair of rose-colored glasses, and you live the rest of your life happily ever after, right? No, 
sorry to tell you, Hope Chapel wouldn't be here if that was the case. So what does it actually mean to be a Christian and break that down? So what are the differences of a Christian? I kind of went exploring in the Bible, and one of the key verses that stuck out to me um, was John thirteen thirty four, and that's, I give you a new commandment to love one another, just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I thought, perfect, there we go. You will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's explore this, let's keep exploring this theme a little bit. And I felt that I arrived at a place that a young lawyer, a young Pharisee lawyer arrived when he asked Jesus, I mean, obviously you can call it Christianity back then, but he said, you know, what's this whole deal about? How do I, how do I get to heaven? What's this eternal life thing about? And Jesus answered and said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So this morning, I just want to take a brief look at what that looks like in application when we put that in our lives, these two greatest commandments. So if you break down the word uh, love, I, we covered this a little bit ago, but you've got three main ways that the, Greek, uh, the Greeks used, three words for love, and that's phileo, that's like the friendship, that's a brotherly love, that Mike Freewin showed that love to me by praying for me. That's a perfect example. Then you have eros, the erotic or romantic type of love. And then you've got the one that we all love called agape love, right? And agape love is, is kind of interesting because it's, it's really hard to describe. It's kind of like love that you can have no matter what you do. In my life, the closest thing that I can come to agape love is through my parents. You know, I'm standing up here right now, and I might look all pretty and handsome, hopefully. <laughs> but I would be lying to you if I said that, you know, my time in high school, I was what you'd call a model child. You can ask my mother. I wasn't. And no matter how many mistakes I made, though, no matter what stupid stuff I did, my parents always loved me throughout it. And that's the closest thing that I can come to realize through agape love. That's the thing about love, though. It's more than just a word. I can say that I love Vicky, but until I really have the chance to show that love to her, to be there, to give her things, to, to really express that love in terms of action, it's just words. And that's where you know, God kind of makes this definition of Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us, that God demonstrates, he puts into action that love that he's describing to us. I was reading a story the other day of uh, a guy who was walking through a subway, not the pizza shop, but the actual train thing, and he was in like a dark alley of the, of the subway, and a youth approached him and pulled a knife and said, give me all of your money. And the guy reached into his back pocket and pulled out his wallet and handed it to him. Now, if I were the guy that was being robbed, I'm going to be honest with you, I would be upset. I mean, my first thought would be like the whole macho thing. I'd be like, I'm going to take this guy. And then I would probably go, oh, this is a dumb idea. Okay, I'll just give him my wallet. And I'd be upset about it because like, I've got my ID, I've got my credit card, I've got cash. I'm a college student. I love cash. Cash is hard to come by. I, I want to give that away. And so, sure enough, this guy handed over his wallet, and the youth turned and started running away. And the guy called after him and said, hey, you forgot something. The youth was like... This is going to be kind of weird, okay. And he turned around and was like, what's up? And the guy said, look, you're willing to steal from me to risk going to jail for just a couple of dollars. 
It's really cold outside. Why don't you take my jacket? Whew, man, that's, that's amazing. Like, I wish I could love like that. That's amazing. It actually goes on further, and uh, the, the guy ends up taking the youth out to dinner, and the youth gives him his, his wallet back. But that's kind of besides the point. It's that, it's that love that was shown. In a later interview, I read that you know, he believed in God. I don't know what his doctrine was. I don't really know what he believed. But you know what? I don't care. Because he gets it. He gets it. And he gets it a whole lot better than I do. Man. So, uh, let's go and break it down. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So, loving God. That's kind of a, like a weird... Loving God, creator of the heavens and the universe, wants my love. So why should we love God? Well, breaking down to John 3.16, For God so loved the world in this way, that he gave his, only, his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Excuse the King James coming out of me. So there it is, right there. And the cool thing about this verse is that the whosoever can be translated to your name. For God so loved Matthew, that he gave his one and only begotten Son, so that Matt, when Matthew Carey believes in him, he's not going to perish, but have eternal life. This is something that you can make personal to you, and it's just absolutely amazing. So why do we love God? Because he loved us with an amazing love first, before we ever knew about him. So, how do we love God? It's like, great, Matt, thanks. You're telling me I'm supposed to do something, you don't tell me how to do it. <laughs> thanks a lot. Well, so, our relationship with God is unique. I mean... It's certainly different than what we'd have with each other, but I think that there are some parallels you can draw. I uh, have a friend. His name is Joshua Davidson. Some of you might know him. He used to go here. Um, right now he's married and moved to Michigan. Good for him. Whew. Now, we used to meet up, and we would have, we had a really deep friendship, and we would meet up and we would discuss things that were really close and personal to us. And some of these things we'd hold each other accountable for, whether it be the way we thought or some of our actions. So imagine one day, if we were meeting up in the bottom of the campus center, and he's right there, and I'm right there, and I walk right up to him, and I just sock him right in the nose, really good, bloody thing everywhere. And then I walk away, just blatantly walk away, and I don't see him for a week, because we're both busy or something. So that next week that comes around, he's still there waiting for me to meet again, because he's amazing. And I walk up to him, and this time I don't punch him, but instead I sit down with him and have that conversation like I would normally. Do you think that conversation would go normally? No. No, because I, I sinned against him. I punched him in the nose. Until I deal with that, it's going to be much harder to have a conversation. That's the cool thing about God, though. God will always forgive you of those sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But that doesn't mean it still won't affect me, and that the sins I have against God... Those can get in the way. That's where it talks about God is looking for our obedience in our relationship when we love him. Something that goes along with that is, is sacrifice. You know, um, the refreshments were really good this morning from the first service. You guys have got a treat. And that was wonderful. And the worship up here was great. And I'm standing up here right now. And this is sacrifice. And you know what? God doesn't care. God doesn't care about a single thing that I'm doing up here. He would rather me be out in the snow, freezing cold, if I'm not obeying what he's saying during the week. What's the point of me being up here? It comes back to motivations as well. You know, to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Do you do things out of 
do I do things out of a love for God or do I do it because I'm enjoying all of you looking at me up here and I'm feeling really prideful? It's a good question. And to be honest, only God and I know the answer. But he asks us to do whatever we do out of a love for him, to serve him. So uh, what else can we uh, draw from those parallels of relationships? And I think that another huge piece is if I want to develop a deep relationship with Simeon McMillan over here, it came from the fact that we spent time with each other, that we had a whole bunch of times where he's sat in my room and we've had these fun talks and we've had other times where we've tossed each other in the snow and all these wonderful times that we spent, we spent time together. And I think that our relationship with God, if we want to have a love-filled relationship with God, we need to do the same thing, to spend time with God. Now, what are the ways that we can spend time with God? Well, it talks about word, Second Timothy uh, chapter 2 is study to show thyself approved to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Jesus says in, in Matthew 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, the Bible that contains the words of God. If we love God, spend time with him to look in his word to see what he has to tell us. What's the second thing? Prayer. You know, prayer is a funny thing. When I started uh, going to church, I was like, wow, look at those people up at stage. Like, look at how they pray. It's, like, beautiful. Like, their words make sense, and, and mine don't. And so I'm not going to pray because I, I can't, like, God won't accept my prayers. And that's, that's, like, so wrong because God just wants us to be honest. One of, my, uh, one of the things that I, I love to do is I'll go out in the field in the middle of nowhere, and I'll just pray to God, and I'll just be honest. It won't be pretty. God, um, hi. Um, thanks for this beautiful day that you made. Uh, um, thank you for what you're doing in my life. I've got a long way to go, but you know, I've got a test coming up Monday. A little worried about that. Appreciate some help. You know, I've got this particular sin in my life that I'm really struggling with, and I know you promised me that you'd help me, and I'm asking you for help because honestly, it's kicking my butt. That's that's how we pray. We pray, not just in church, but outside of church, honestly to God, telling him honestly how we feel and asking for his help. Hmm. Prayer. Even Jesus. We'll go back. There we go. Um, Even Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane when he had things on his mind and prayed to God. He was troubled. What did he do? He prayed to his Father. So, the next piece of, uh, of, of the verse is to love Love your friend as yourself. Now, right now, all the WPI students should be shaking their heads because I'm like the professor that writes down the wrong formula and just to see if their students are paying attention because that's not what the verse says at all. It says your neighbors. There happens to be a big difference. To be honest, it's kind of easy to love your friends because, well, they're your friends. You've got to pick them. If you bring neighbors all the way back down, you know, you look at the theme, Good Samaritan, you realize that neighbors is people that whoever we come in contact with. Now, back then, it was mostly your neighbors. As, uh, Ken mentioned that no one had seen, he hadn't seen anyone out of South Africa. But now we have this, like, Facebook and airplanes, cars. We interact with a whole bunch of people. So now neighbors translates into, well, our neighbors, but also, like, our family. Ooh, that's a scary thought. And our coworkers and acquaintances. And yes, even that moron that pulled me off in traffic this morning that I was ready to kill. All of those people 
are my neighbors. And God asked me to love him, love them. I love this uh, verse in Luke 6. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what is the credit? If you lend to those who know that you, that you know will pay them back, what credit's that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. I think this verse ties this next verse in John chapter two ties it into the last point. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother remains in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. God, I love you so much. My brother sucks. How does that work? God asks us to love our brothers. So how do we love? Like, see, I did it again. Like, I told you guys to do something. I didn't tell you how to do it. Like, how annoying is that? So how do we love? Well, how did Jesus love? You know, you can reference it back. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Well, let me give you two examples. In uh, John chapter 13, Jesus was sitting down having dinner. He does that. I'm sure it was good. And then he stopped and he washed the feet of his disciples. Now, this was a tradition back then. You would only wash the feet of people that were really welcome into your house. Or, and it was done also by the servant of the lowest of the low. And here you have Jesus on the floor washing his disciples' feet. I was, uh, we were talking about this in Bible study the other day, and uh, Annika Smith actually brought up a great question. That was, so what, what does this like, translate to nowadays? What kind of act does this translate to now? And we tried to think of something, and we really couldn't do a very good job. And I came back, and I tried to think of something, couldn't think. But imagine this. Imagine Jesus knocking on your door and saying, I love you. Now I'm going to go scrub your toilet. Well, no, Jesus. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Well, that's what Peter did. Did not Peter do the same thing? He said, no, no, don't, don't. You don't need to wash my feet, Jesus. If you want to be a part of me, I need to wash your feet. It's the same thing. That's how Jesus loved the lowest of the low. Another example is in Mark chapter 6. Jesus prophesied that uh, Peter would deny him three times. And what do you know? Jesus was right. It kind of happens that way. And so what happened was after, after Peter denied, here's Jesus with the entire weight of the world, all the sins of past, present, and future, on his shoulders, and there his buddy is saying, yeah, I don't know that guy. Man, if I were in Jesus' shoes, I'd be like, you are toast, buddy. You are gone. You have no idea what's coming for you. Instead, when Jesus rose from the dead, what was sent out? But go tell Peter and the disciples. He specifically singles out Peter's name. Go tell Peter that I am risen. If it was me, I would have said like, yeah, so send out that email invite, but make sure to like do a minus Peter name. and We'll just kind of leave him out of the mix. Man, that's an awesome type of love. So how do we do this? I uh, kind of performed what turned out to be an experiment a couple times. And I woke up and I'm like, okay, I'm, gonna go to, I'm going to college here. I am going to love everyone that I see today with a, with a really Christ-like love. And it was great. I woke up. First person, not bad. Second person, not bad. Third person, fourth person, not bad. Fifth person, hmm. Sixth person was like mounting something upside down. Go figure. It was like, dude, come on, pay attention here. Sixth and seventh. Eh. Eighth person, we were doing like group homework. And he was ready to submit something that he somehow calculated that my car could drive halfway to the moon on one gallon of gas. Dude, you're going to submit that with my name on it? Come on. 
And I'll be honest with you, I failed. This loving thing is hard work. I failed royally. I'm like, Jesus, I don't get how you do this. I'm halfway through the afternoon. I'm exhausted. I'm annoyed. So now I'm like doing the opposite of what I was trying to do. I don't get what's going on here. You asked me to love. And here's the difference. I was trying to love out of my own power. And that was the problem. So how do we love with God's love? Well, it's as simple as this. The person that I'm trying to love, my sin is equal to or greater than theirs. Guaranteed. And yet God still chose to love me. And he loves that person. God chose to love me in all of my sin and all of my filth, and still does. And nothing I can do will ever change that. And he loves that person in the same way. And because of that, now I can love that person. Not because of anything that they do, but because God loves them. I can guarantee you that if you try to love people with a Christ-like love of Matt Carey's love, that's like disaster. Trust me, disaster. Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, I've had the privilege here of coming to Hope Chapel for four years um, to listen to Pastor Davidson speak and some of the elders speak. And um, I really enjoy the sermons that they have. One of the things that has really stood out to me over the years, though, is that if I just take that sermon and I take nice notes, pretty notes, good, good handwriting, and then I look at it once or twice and I put it up in my head, but I don't do anything with it, then what's the point? It only works if we really try to apply what we hear. So, I'm a college student, and it's my rare chance to give out homework, because we get homework all the time. So, instead of homework, though, I want you to think of this sort of as a challenge. You were given a challenge earlier. Bonus points to the person that remembers it. But, so, this is your second and third challenge for the week. And I want you, the first thing is to take some time. Well, first off, love is, love is funny, because some of it is subconscious. It kind of comes out of you. But I, I believe that there's another part that... It is so intentional that you have to be really intentional about to let it grow. And so I want you to take some time from this week, a half hour, and just take some time to love God. It sounds like a weird thing to do, like love God. But take some time in his word and take some time in prayer and love God and be honest and develop that relationship. And the second thing is to take a half hour this week and be intentional and, wow, intentional about loving people. Stop, sit down, and say, I know, look, I'm a college student, and I think I'm busy. I haven't even graduated yet, so I cannot imagine what you guys have got on your plate. But take that time aside and just sit down and say, okay, how can I love? Pick two or three people. If you happen to be a good auto mechanic, then walk up to your neighbor and say, hey, I just want to show I love you. I'm going to change your brakes. Or if you bake, baking is good. I like baking. If you bake, just say, look, I made this apple pie because I love you. You know, Matthew talks about let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The motivation comes from loving God, but we can still love others. So I kind of wanted to close with this awesome quote that a friend sent me. Oop, accountability. Sorry, I forgot a point. That's why slides are amazing. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that, like, you ask me to do something, and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. If you don't believe me, you can definitely ask my mom. Now, one of the things that has come to help me is, I mentioned before, like, I met with Josh, and I have a lot of friends that help keep me accountable to some of the things that, that I'm supposed to do. And so feel free, if you are 
if you want to keep up to this challenge, to ask somebody and say, all right, I'm going to call you Wednesday, and we're going to kind of see how it's going. So accountability. Um, so anyway, this is an awesome quote that I, that I just love. It's that love is more than simply a warm feeling. It is an attitude that reveals itself in action. How can we love others as Jesus loved us? By helping when it's not convenient, by giving when it hurts, by devoting energy to others' welfare rather than our own, by absorbing hurts from others without complaining or fighting back. This kind of loving is hard to do. That is why people notice when you do it and know why you are empowered by a supernatural source. So, don't you hate it when like, <clears throat> people get up here and they like, ask you a question at the beginning and then they never answer it? And you're like, come on, what's up with that? You had a great question, you never answered it. So, I'm going to see if I can answer this question. So, what actually makes Christians different? And it really comes from taking the time to realizing that God loved us so much and that we can love him back with our heart, with our soul, and with our mind. And as Jesus loved us, and as he loves other people, that we can share that love, that same love, not of our own, with our neighbors. I'm not saying it'll be easy. Now, I showed you uh, that whitewater rafting photo at the beginning. It's, the waves will go up and down, and the boat you're on is going to go through whitewater. Sorry to tell you. If you thought Christianity was going to be easy, then I, I don't feel that way. certainly haven't experienced that way. But you know what was in that boat? Some of my best friends, my two brothers, friends from WPI, friends from back home. It's amazing how much God has given us fellowship in our life to help, to help spur us on. So, why don't I close this with prayer? God, we just we thank you that you have loved us from the beginning. That nothing we can do or say will will ever change that. I pray that you can give us the love that that you've shown us to to love you, Lord, and and, and just show that gratitude to you. And I pray, Lord, that you can also just help that love come out of us to love other people. That we can, that we can be that light. That, we can, that people will notice what we do and give glory to you because of it. I pray that you can just make sense of my jumbled words and, and stir in people's hearts what, what you're trying to say. That we can take this and apply this throughout the week and in the next step. But it's not just like a, a one-time thing, but on a daily battle, a daily basis, Lord. I thank you for who you are. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I'd like to invite the ushers up. And-